Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. I'm very hopeful. I'm not overly bullish. We readjusted, I think, where we thought the S&P was going to be. We said 44. We pulled that down to a range now of 39 to 4,200. But that still sees the S&P ending the year up. And so that would be good for investors. I think you should expect 2023 to be a moderate year of growth if there is growth. Not 2020, not 2019, not the 11 years we got treated with, you know, before these last few years came about. It's going to be moderate growth and you're going to have to be very picky on what you buy. I think the same thing can be said in the real estate market. When yeah. interest rates get higher, what do you have to do? You have to tighten your belt. Mm-hmm. What's going on, guys? Welcome into Money Moves with what up? myself, Matty A., my co-host, Mr. Ryan Breedwell. I definitely can tell uh, it's below 75 degrees in California. You like my, my, little, my little vest, huh? Mm-hmm. My vest game is strong, by the way. I do I see am that. known. I also see your match. You got the... Is this Corduroy, 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 huh? See? Corduroy. Yep. And I've become known at my mastermind events for generally wearing vests. You know, we have a guy at uh, one of our marketing partners. And you met him when we went to Florida. Remember Rob? Yes. We call him Sweater Rob because he literally wears a sweater. It's kind of nice to have a staple about you, right? Everywhere. I mean, everywhere. The dude has your, a your, your staple is wine. I mean, pretty much everywhere, everywhere you Winning, go. Wine, <laughs> water, water <in> wealth. <laughs> we got a great show for you guys today. Of course, we cover all things stocks, real estate investing, and personal finance to help you make more informed investing decisions on your wealth-building journey. Today is October 25th. Mm, every time you hit a T there, it sounded like a, like a drum. Like a drum kit. We got um, some great updates for you guys. Lots of earnings coming out on the market. Mm-hmm. We've got some beats. We've got some misses couple we'll keep you guys up to date on how that impacts the market going forward we're going to talk about two different scenarios Who cares of, about crypto are you pulling up some crypto right now no i was just throwing that in there yeah i don't know how many people do care about crypto on our podcast no nope. uh with that being a fringe investment 
We like to focus on the main buckets of wealth building, and that, of course, is stocks, real estate, and businesses. We have some various scenarios. You and I were debating a little bit about 2023 outlooks, predictions, end of year for the market. I was preparing to fall on my sword in the last two weeks. But you're holding out. I've resheathed my sword. I respect that. I've resheathed. And we're going to talk about why and how that really ties in for setting up 2023. Mm-hmm. We've got some new real estate market reports that have come out. Case-Shiller Index is the market cooling off. Are we still seeing some pretty strong demand and stability in the housing market? How are we going to finish the year off and what does 2023 look like as well? We've got the three largest housing market losers. Oh, yeah. And I'm curious to see if you're going to get those answers correct. Don't say it. Don't, don't say it yet. I think I know one. We've got some... Updates on what kind of home equity, on average, does the general homeowner in the United States have right now? So we got some good data to come out and share and review with you guys today. I got to be, I got to shout out first and foremost before we start in. Shout out to all the medical freedom fighters out there. Oh, that I held know. their ground. Can we get a little clap? Got fired from their jobs. As of five hours ago, this news Walked came out. away from their financial stability for their medical freedoms. Uh, I got a ton of respect for those people. And Obviously, you and I have been pretty outspoken on um, whether or not we believed in getting the jab. Definitely if you not did, faxed. nothing wrong with that at no. all. But just forcing it onto other people is where I had a big issue with it. Yep. Um, and obviously, a lot of the data that has come out post all of this uh, being released, I feel very good about my decision. Um, And I know many people that, you know, lost jobs, careers, financial stability, really fucked up their life in a lot of different ways. And yet they stuck to their guns. And New York Supreme Court just came out today. Basically, a lot of the companies that were firing people, one, those people are now retracting their stances and apologizing and asking for those people to come back. But the Supreme Court also ruled that you want those people back and you need to give them their job back. And a lot of it was retroactive pay that they missed out on. And it's, they are required to back pay them. Yes. Even if they don't hire them. Which I I just think that's, that's cool. That's a win. Welcome to what happens when you do the hard thing. Great things happen. And then going from a big win to a big loser right now is Kanye West is seeing his net worth crumble quick. Yeah, dude, he's been, you know, I give him, and it's hard to do this, but I try to be as balanced as possible for the show. I give him a tip of the hat for being brave enough to speak his political views, which is great because as a as a black man in the United States and him be, maybe having more conservative views, that's hard, especially because his listener base is a bunch, a lot of times looks like crazy liberal people. Yep. Um, he's been acting like an ass. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, he's just the things he's saying is stupid. Then he goes on that podcast and is literally bragging about how he's being anti-Semitic and that's, they, they can't drop him. Well, well, got what you... I mean, I think there was like eight or nine different brands that dropped him from Balenciaga to Adidas to J.P. Morgan Chase to... I mean, it, it, it he lost a significant amount of money in like a week. 
And he's no yeah. longer, according to the Forbes list I saw this get put out today. And again, I know some people are going to highlight and spotlight and hate and do all that kind of stuff just because it makes sense and gets clicks. But I mean, he's he's off the billionaires list right now. Yeah, and I mean, I again never really got how he got there. The shoes, like his, again, I don't know anything about fashion. If you come to my house, I'm in like chill stuff most of the time. But he looks like weird wearing the ski mask all the time, always wearing rain boots. You know, he's that's kinda, that's high fashion, brother. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really get down with that. We need, if to, get, got we that need to step money, our game up. No, if I ever got that much money, you can catch me having a plane and flying wherever I want to go um, on the regular. But not wearing some rain boots in the middle of the summer. That's some weird stuff. <laughs> this it is. With that being said, if you guys are new to the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We are putting all these shows up on YouTube now so you guys can come over. You can see um, essentially a lot of the stuff that we reference in the show notes down below or check that out at millionermindcast.com. Don't forget to take advantage of your free financial x-ray with Ryan and his amazing team where they'll go through your entire investment portfolio mm-hmm. um, with a fine tooth comb and you can get uh, connected with him and his team by texting the word X-Ray to 844-447-1555. Um, one of my favorite things is putting out a very quality offering to my credit investor list. I only do it a couple times a year. Obviously, very select, vetted deals, teams. We do a lot of due diligence on it. You should have got some coffee. I know the, the coffee The green coffee in. one is going bananas. I know. I know a bunch, right of, now. Our, I know a bunch of our Millionaire Mindcast that are my clients. I, I uh, especially... I'll be seeing them this week, so let's give them a shout out. Who we we'll, got? Uh, Mr. Jones, Andrew, Mr. Andrew, nice Mr., uh, shout out, Andrew, Mr. Edward, yeah, Teddy, Trece, yep, yep. Mr. Amar, yep. Um, those are see those the, the two see that those I see guys saw coming on that side. Yep, I know those two guys are coming in. They're um, uh, Andrew does PJ's coffee. So yep, he, yeah. You said they had been loved. following them for a yeah. while. Uh, these are this is a cool pre IPO investment because yep. these guys this is not some startup seed round no it's like a serious private company uh, they're killing they're it huge in Colombia right now and I'm not recommending that I have to freaking say this much. yeah no no I'm we're not recommending that security this is just, no no financial advice here just, um, just getting excited about you know when you look at a lot of different deals and deal flow and you see one that really stands out and that's the beauty of getting repetition in deal flow, right? Whether it's you're an accredited investor and you want to get on my list or like me, I'm on 15, 20 other syndicator lists. I want to see deal flow, right? Because one, it helps me sharpen my financial acts of seeing how different offerings are structured, mm-hmm. what different teams are assembled, where people are bullish or where people see risks at. But then at the same time, it also helps you as you start looking and getting more repetition at reviewing deals, reviewing investment offerings, reviewing pro formas. You start to elevate your financial acumen. And as you start to see more and more and more and more deals, all of a sudden, when there's a really good one, that stands out. it stands out from the pack, right? So if you're not on my credit investor deals list, text the word deals to 844-447-1555. Uh, the Green Coffee Company, it's a $25 million race. Um, I think we're at about 15 right now. So, so is this a Series C? Series C, correct. So, And this is going to be one that I th- I'm very excited about based on the team, based on the market that they are in and the partnerships that they've got with places like Starbucks. And ultimately, like their growth plan is is 
phenomenal. So really excited about that one. Um, with that being said, we got some interesting reports that have come out this yeah. week on really your core focus is what earnings this week. I would say earnings this week, and then we uh, last Friday we had that Fed whisperer that came out. Um, more so of like a leak, but it was the, I believe it was the New York Fed. I might be wrong on exactly what. And isn't it like some Wall Street Journal reporter that supposedly is like getting all of this information and he's tied in with some of the peeps in the New York Fed? That I have no idea of. I don't, I don't look too much into it uh, when I get that. the news. All I know is essentially what the, what the, the leak was is 75 50 and then maybe letting off the gas and seeing where we go from there. Not that they wouldn't raise interest rates, just not that they're, they're going to guide forward that they are like they are right now. Um, I mentioned last week we had that we, we talked about that OER, owner's equivalent rent, and if you replace that with Kay Schiller and so-and-so, and now we're seeing reports this week that Kay Schiller is coming back out, and it's, it, that is supporting kind of what we thought last week. National House Price Index has continued to decelerate to 13% year-over-year increase in August. Uh, Home prices fell sharply again in August, according to the two leading home price indices, both released this morning. The Federal Housing Finance Agency Uh, logged a month-over-month decline of 70 basis points, and the S&P Case-Shiller 20-City Index fell 1.3%. And today's report compared to a 0.7 drop, as you noted, um, it's right around that 13.1%. Yeah, and they kind of remove a lot of the more rural markets and they look at the Correct. Yeah. They're, they're looking at more of your major markets and yep. indices, yep. Um, which gives you a little bit stronger of a pulse and doesn't have agree. some of the, just like like core, right? Like, yeah, it, I would say the uh, core is, and what would you say the core is? Would you say it's the case Shiller or would you say it's the other one? I'd say it's the other one. Yeah, I think the I think the case Shiller is more like headline. Yes. It's much more volatile because it's 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 metros. Yeah. It's larger cities where people move in and out much more. People yep. that live yeah, in the country, that. they don't they don't they don't move that much. So they don't have a lot of a lot of economic But essentially we are seeing the Down. markets soften, slow, but at the same time. We're not seeing anything catastrophic that's leading to some unraveling or future trends. The case Schiller is a little bit delayed. So that's the only thing that, you know, I would say is they look at uh, the collective, I think, last three months, right? Yeah, but the nice thing is if you run that next to CPI, it would say the opposite. And so that goes to what we were kind of making the point on last week where we believe that some of the metrics that bake into CPI are so hot and so off, they're they're throwing off the metric too much. So that's why we talked about removing owner's equivalent rent, which makes up almost 25% of that equation, and replacing it with lagging indicators, no doubt, but a more accurate version of an indicator. Um, and that would that would give you a negative forecast. And it's nice to see that even though Case Shiller was down a ton, I think it was down, what, 3%? Mm-hmm. Um, it's still good to see the, the overall housing market softening by about a 1% rate. And what that tells the Fed, what that indicates to the Fed, they already have this data, but what that indicates to them is that what they're doing is working. So even if the, um, the housing market has farther to go or the stock market has farther to go, which I think both have a case to be made, and I would agree with both of those, I think we're not super far away from the end of the tunnel. I can't see us 
um, not rebounding sometime next spring if what I think is going to happen with the stock market will happen because that will ease up on rates. When rates soften, people will take advantage of that. I feel like they'll jump right back into the market. They'll take advantage of the equity that they do have in their home still, and they'll take advantage of the fact that it's going to kind of level it back to be, hey, yeah, interest rates are a little high, kind of like 2019, but we still are, are what, 20 30% off of uh, su- supply. Mm-hmm. Supply is still off. I think we hit a 2022 high on supply. Correct. Uh, this last month. Yep. This but last we, week. Last week, excuse me. But we're, we have to look back to 2019, 2018 when we look at these numbers to have accurate metrics. And so I think, again, the same thing is happening in my space with the inflation numbers to a degree as they are in the housing space. And that's why you'll keep hearing people say, hey, on my side of the street, recession, 2023 is going to be terrible. Uh, your side of the street, we're going to see a crash in the housing market. I just don't think that that's accurate language. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a crash or a dip, and it's already happening, heavy in in uh, mortgage volume. People just don't want to pay that much for money. But people will still keep buying houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think where you're going to see it is really, and I, I did see it like this week be reported, the, the the high end of the curve, the expensive houses. People are not going to pay. I mean, for a house like it's mine. Slow, it's slowing. Oh, the luxury market is like down twenty percent yeah. month over month. So that's where people are going to see it. I still think the 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 middle of the market, your mom and pops, we're still we saw seventeen hundred transactions. I think last month in Placer and Sac County combined. So you want to know the three largest market housing losers? Let me try to guess one. Okay. Well, here let me just see. If I mean, yeah, is, is it in top, California? Top three. Are any of them in California? Yes. Is one of them in Southern California? No. Okay, then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, it's um, San Diego. Yes. San, Di- San Diego comes in at number three. They're down 2.5%. San Francisco, number one, down really? 3.7%. Seattle at 2.9%. San Francisco has fallen 8.2% oh my goodness. from the peak in May of 2022. Don't you think they had some built-up time to fall to? They were almost like... Yeah, I mean, all, all of those markets, when you think about them, were just... those. you've never been to San Francisco, you'll know exactly what we're talking about when you go there. It is such a disgusting city. Sorry if you live there. I don't hate people that live in San Francisco, but gosh, it is... I don't like downtown Sacramento, but I mean, San Francisco is the <laughs> veteran pro expert level of homelessness. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I, I, I grew up going to San Francisco. So did I. I love the food. I loved going to, you know, the pier. We mm-hmm. love going to Union Square. And I mean, the last five, six, seven years, I mean, it's, you can't walk a block without getting hassled. Almost stepping in shit or piss, they have an app or actually to track feeling human shit. Yeah, or actually feeling like you're just in danger. Being in what Correct. was many of the touristy areas that you wanted to go and enjoy and see. So, there's some great areas of San Fran. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I mean, it, the the city itself um, it's is wild. definitely seeing a cooling. And I'm actually in contract on a flip out there, and I'm going in for a price reduction right now. We so go, we'll baby. see how that goes. Best of luck to you. Which I'm I think they're going to have to using concede. the data. Yeah, you're right. Have to like just, just use the data. I have seen so many. This is the thing that I am seeing. So I won't mention any names, but I I, I subscribe to a list as well. Mm-hmm. 
And I was actually looking at this uh, deal while I was on the phone with another investor that you would, uh, we won't say names again, but you would give credence that they know what they're talking about. Okay. And we're looking at these ARVs and we're like, how, how are they finding deals with the, oh, scroll down. That's why they're using a comp from five months ago. Mm. Bad, I looked at using a comp from idea. six months ago. Bad idea. And I could not believe it. And then if you really run the numbers. And this was a savvy investor? Credible? This is, yeah, that is analyzing it. And the person that runs this fund is running it with people that are decent. They're decent people. They may not know what they're doing, but they're at least good guys. If you run the actual numbers, I mean, they're buying these things with like 50, 60 grand on the bone mm. in this market, which is insane to me. So there's a lot. You have to be so careful Again, where you get your information from and who gives it to you because that deal may look really good until you actually dig into the data and what's going through it. It's like a shined, literally a shined piece of shit because six months ago, you're nowhere. My house is not worth it. Matt's house is not worth it. Anthony's house is not worth it. Nobody's house is worth it. It's not anymore. Just, no, your portfolio isn't worth it in the stock market. It's just the way that everything is going right now. So... um that was insane to me to see that though. ARVs of like $225,000 of purchase price. I was like, because I saw it and immediately I'm like, oh man, they must be finding some some like golden nugget. No. And this, I'm guessing these are houses in the Midwest to have an ARV of 200s on the backside. They're running them in a, they're running them in a state pretty close to us. Not too far away. Interesting. Yeah. I don't want to say anything to give any indications or whatever. But yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. I was like, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Be careful. So you and I have been debating on whether or not there's going to be a deeper yeah. recession, a secondary recession to what we experienced from, you know, this last year, or if there is going to be this recovery that we rip and pull out of. So obviously we're both in agreement that the market's going to remain volatile heading yeah. into November. Yep. Especially waiting on what the Fed's going to say. We've heard the the and Fed, elections. And elections oh, for man. sure. Yeah. The Fed, you know, has ultimately come out and said, "Hey, we're going to raise rates by, you know, 75, 75 basis bits. points." Yep. And I think 50's coming after that. And some people are kind of hearing the you know, whispers from the Fed that they're going to start pivoting. And like you said, going from 50 to 25, but that's not fully verified yet, right? Oh, no. The, and even, I mean, to be honest, even the 75 basis points, even though it's being kind of, you know, forecasted, that's not even guaranteed. They could do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, I think it's highly likely, and I like to use the word quantifiable, in my view, it's quantifiable that 75, 50. And then I would agree that I, I think they still should, because they're already on this track. So again, once you start rolling on something, you should commit to it and finish it through yep. the correct way. I think they should go to 25 and then they should go to zero. And then what they should do is slowly but surely cut rates. And maybe they should start with a 50, go to a 75, back down to a 50 back down to a 25, that would get them to that two and a quarter, 3% Fed funds rate, which is where I think they need to be. Um, if things keep going the way that they're going, which I, you know, th again, 
things are they're ever changing in the stock market every single day, depending on the variables. Just look at it three weeks ago and look at it now. Um, we have a lot more hope because the thing that has been keeps being said is companies aren't going to be making money. They're going to be laying off people, and there are companies that are not making money, and there are companies that are laying off people, no doubt. But the majority of company are majority of companies, excuse me, are not laying off people. They are making money or breaking even on their revenues. And what's what I said last week, and I still think is holding true: consumers are cushioning the impact of inflation for these uh, corporations so much better than anybody could have even thought because it shouldn't be happening. Let's be honest. Let's get the elephant out of the room. It shouldn't be happening, but it is. And I think you have to couple the fact of when people were cooped up and they weren't allowed to spend, and now people don't ever want to go back to that. So they're spending, they're, keep, they're doing things they want to do without stopping doing things they want to do. I don't know if we didn't have COVID happen, if we'd be sitting like this today. I honestly don't think so. I, I, you know, Consumers are in a spending habit now because they had to take so much time off. Um, moving forward... If we get a 75 and a 50 and then they do give indication that they're going to continue to go down, the stock market is going to come back. And even if the housing market lags it and, and would probably start coming back, if, if this all happened probably around March to April time, right when spring starts, because you'll mm-hmm. get some seasonality baked in, baked in there, starts coming back. And then we start seeing interest rate cuts, not just slowing down, but cuts through summertime into, into early fall next year. If, all, again... This happens. Um, that's that's a quantifiable, realist. Jeremy Siegel says that Wharton School of Finance. Um, he's a, a head fund manager at Wisdom Tree. They manage a couple billion dollars. He's a legit economist, and he's the one that's been saying that they he thinks they should just stop doing it altogether, which is just not going to happen. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of have a balance with it. Um, if that if that does happen, that will bleed through in other areas of the market. And not only will it help the real estate market, but I think it will quickly get the real estate market back on track. And I think we can resume a normal bull market in real estate, which would say four to six percent on a on a single family resident per year. And and if you have an interest rate higher than that, you need to figure out a refinance. And guess what? Interest rates just cut and they're not five percent. So go ahead and refinance. Now you're pulling arbitrage on your loan. That's the American dream. It's not the other way around. So I, I'm I'm hoping that that can happen. We need we need earnings to stay strong. To your point, we need inflationary numbers to continue to show that they are deflationary. And if you've been watching the news, because I keep it on in the background, I can hear it. They're starting to say we're seeing deflationary stuff in commodities. We're seeing inflation and cooling in areas. You're starting to see that more on headline news. And I I could see that happening. I sent you those pictures of the reports weeks ago. It was already happening. It's just not in publicly available data or in the circles where we normally speak. Mm-hmm. It's not in our town halls. So um, I'm I'm very hopeful. I'm not overly bullish. Um, we readjusted, I think, where we thought the S&P was going to be. We said 44. We pulled that down to a range now of 39 to 4,200. But that still sees the S&P ending the year up. Mm. And so that... That would be good. And and for investors, I think you should expect 2023 to be a moderate year of growth if there is growth, not 2020, not 2019, 
not the 11 years we got treated with, you know, before these, these last few years came about. It's going to be moderate growth and you're going to have to be very picky on what you buy. I think the same thing can be said in the real estate market. When yeah. interest rates get higher, what do you have to do? You have to tighten your belt. Mm-hmm. So I think the same thing is going to happen in the equities market. You're just going to have to be pickier on what you buy. And that's why I go back to make sure and making sure you have quality. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Yeah. I, I think so that 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 kind of talks about scenario one, right? Continue to be a little bit volatile. They hint at a pivot on rates after the 75 mm-hmm. and it starts to trickle out. Maybe the, the 50, the 25 will, once they do the pivot or, or they at least start hinting at the pivot, right? The, the markets are going to see some type of end of the year rally whenever that happens. Yeah. If, if that happened, it would be a pretty big, big recovery. And then the alternative to that is they say, hey, look, we aren't pivoting. We don't you know, feel like we have inflation completely under control. And that just kind of pushes us into 2023 really in a somewhat of a tailspin. Correct. I think what would happen at that point, though, is um, if the Fed had, hadn't even said one thing last week as far as they had no indication that they thought that inflation was coming down, um, that would mean that would make a lot more sense to me. It's just because the Fed chairs are starting to talk about it. Jerome Powell doesn't, doesn't just wave his hand and he may, it's, they make a decision as a whole. Mm-hmm. So time will tell again. We need to see forward looking. But I really do think there's, there's a base case for both. I just don't see the things happening. I keep hearing the people that say that story um, say that earnings are supposed to come in 20% negative and they're just not. And that we should have runaway inflation in all these areas and the data is coming in and showing that we're not. So maybe those people will start pulling back and start saying, hey, maybe it's not as bad as we thought it was, mm-hmm. which is fine to do. Nobody's right in the market 100% of the time or else they would be, they'd be the one. Um, but I do think there's a there's a case to be made that um, because inflation is coming back down in the areas where we need it to, 
Um, and we're seeing that slowly start to trickle out in the lagging and leading and, and other indicators that we have. That's going to make it a good time to make sure that you have been buying and continue to buy because we should be nearer to the end of this cycle versus staying in it. Because a lot of people that say that we're going to go into a recession in 2023, they keep discounting the last, I guess at that point, it'd be year. Mm-hmm. The last year happened. So a market cycles. Just We've don't... been in a recession. Yeah, yeah. And a technical a weird, recession. In a, a weird one. Just like we're not in a crash in the housing market, we're in a correction. Mm-hmm. Until the housing market goes below a 20% variable by technical definition, it's just a correction. And corrections are, are normal, healthy. It's necessary right now. Correct. I yeah. mean, and especially right now because it's one of the things that drives inflation. And so that's kind of to the point that I was talking to you about earlier of where I think the real estate market still has – because it moves a lot slower than the stock market, right? That's yep. where I think 2023 is going to be a very slow-moving year for the real estate market. Because while, let's say, rates may start to soften a little bit next year as the Fed pivots, as housing prices start to soften up a little bit due to supply, you know, increasing demand slowly starting to get back into the, you know, the market. At the end of the day, you know, the, the, until they really get inflation in alignment, mm-hmm. that's where the cost of living is still very high. The cost of your insurance, the cost of your but mortgage. If the housing market continues to go down, that will, that will lower inflation. It, 100%. I agree. Yeah. So that's where there is this, you know, kind of symbiotic relationship between the two. Because generally speaking, this is one of the rare times it is. Go down. And, and that's, that's where it's very interesting, yeah, right? And that is because of inflation. Because if you think about, okay, well, your people's utility costs are way up, right? Their food, you know, somewhat costs have been up over the last year. There's a lot of stuff, but people, like you said, they've, they've really weathered and shown that they're not too concerned about it. And they're pretty resilient and it can't get much worse than it already did. I mean, we went down 28% on the S&P 500. That's a quite a bit of a drop in a market uh, like we're in. Um, but yeah, I'm still holding on. I was about, like I said, I, when I, when I came here today and I said it last week too, I was about to fall on my sword until we kind of started getting the earnings that we're getting. And I said, you know what? I'm going to hold off a bit. Yeah. We got what? We got GE, Coca-Cola, GM, all beats. Microsoft was a beat. Google was a miss slightly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think top line miss. And then you still got what? Amazon, Meta, and Apple coming out this week? Yes. And I'm not super hopeful for Meta. Um, Apple, I think, is going to give us some sort of good news because they gave us pretty they gave us bad news pretty early on, but I, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't track the stocks like an analyst does. I just kind of look at them and kind of see what they're doing as far as from a fundamental and technical standpoint. Um but yeah, I, I the the GM was a big one for me. What about consumer confidence, right? Because we we've seen the last few months consumer confidence is I don't I don't know if it's was it that it increased or it was remaining very stable and steady, if not increasing. This is the first month that it well consumer confidence index decreased in October after back to back monthly gains. So, what is your? I mean, I'm seeing more headlines right of majority of U.S. households preparing for potential recession. I'm like, where's everybody been at for you know the last. uh, last year, like you said, right? I mean, you would think this was already somewhat of a a sentiment, but it seems like not too many people really were 
factoring in the fact that we're already in a recession and now all of a sudden they want to start kind of planning for what could be a worse 2023? What are your thoughts around that? Okay, I think that I'll um, I'll reference a, a report that came out by uh, J.P. Morgan Chase uh, Asset Management, and they referenced consumer sentiment uh, has averaged about eighty nine point seven, I think, uh, historically, and so we'd be above the average quite a bit by right uh, by that by right now. I think we're at one hundred and twelve. Mm. Um, but historically, when the consumer sentiment is high, or they think, or it starts going down. It has actually ended in a year where the stock market was positive. And when it shoots up too high, it normally ends in a year where the stock market is negative. But it's most of the time wrong. <laughs> that's, the, that's the main thing. It's a good thing to understand how people are feeling because it gives you indicators of how they'll behave from a consumer behaviorism uh, standpoint. But it doesn't necessarily indicate what companies are doing because a lot of people f- forget that it's companies' profits that drive stocks. It's not what consumers are or aren't doing. They, they're, especially if they're diversified, they may be like Coca-Cola and they're making a ton of money overseas mm-hmm. and that can offset the losses they're making domestically. Um, and there's companies that do that vice versa. So um, I would say that consumer sentiment is still very high. I think consumer sentiment is going to continue to come down, but it doesn't make me falter off of how I feel about the uh, stock market. I do like seeing consumer sentiment positive when the market is in a, a nice run, but it being negative, given what's happened this whole year, doesn't really throw me off of what I'm thinking for the time being. Yeah, I, I know you had mentioned uh, Fitch. Fitch, yep. for those that aren't aware, is basically a, well, they're one of the world's top three credit rating agencies, right? And they assess. The S&P ability Global, of companies, Ambest and Fitch, those are the three, and they they assess the ability of companies and nations around the world to repay their debt, providing key guidance for investors. Essentially, what they said, and you said, "Hey, take it with a grain of salt," because they were really completely wrong in two thousand seven when they said the economy was great. Right? Yep. Um, was that the recession in twenty twenty three will be very short and mild? Which is somewhat in alignment with what you're saying, right? I mean, mm-hmm. depending on how people are categorizing recession. Yeah, I just think that the market cycle by that time is going to be really long in the tooth, for lack of a better cool term. And we should be kind of coming out of it at that point. So I don't I don't think we're going to start this new, hey, we get another 12 months of this starting next March. That just would mean we're in like a 27-month market cycle. And that would line up with like the dot-com bust, which happened once. Um, but I just, again, I don't, I don't see that happening given where companies are earning, um, employment is very low, housing markets going through its thing. I just think it's going to come to an end. People are going to say, Oh, look, wow, we were expecting the worst and glad we were prepared for that, but it didn't come. What about consumer credit card debt right now? Consumer credit card debt in the U S hits all time high of $930 billion dollars with younger Americans having the highest delinquency rate. Is there any concerns or thoughts around credit card debt? Obviously, I saw an article that you had shared with me earlier about you know car repossessions and car loans kind of getting defaulted on. There was yep. a big boom and craziness around used cars, you know, and just cars in general over the last two years since the pandemic. Is there any like thought given to 
whether it's credit cards, whether it's car loans, whether it's some of these other debt markets that could potentially be a lead domino for maybe bigger, you know, fallouts. Uh, yeah, just $930 billion is like a drop in the pool of water for the U.S. economy. So that wouldn't be enough to uh, hurt the economy more than it would hurt the consumer. Um, we need like trillions of dollars to come off the market for it to kind of ripple effect. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, I think that that's a problem, but, um, so is student loan debt and so is, um, what was I going to say? So is, uh, not student loan debt. What's the other one that people get into? Um, having a blank on it right now, but Essentially, if you get into any sort of negative debt, like debt that's not paying you, mm -hmm. which credit card debt is probably one of the worst, um, it's obviously not good. It's just that just means that the companies that are issuing that debt are going to make profit and their shareholders are going to make profit. So mm -hmm. it just passes itself around somewhere. Somebody's going to make money in yeah. capitalism. Um, what I would recommend is that if you have a credit card, you should do what everybody that's smart does and you pay it off completely every month. You don't spend somebody else's money and then not pay them back. That's like what you have to understand. Be like going to be going to Matt every month and asking him for a thousand dollars, and then paying him back two hundred bucks at the end of the month and asking for another thousand dollars. He would not give me any money. Credit card companies will keep giving you money because they're living off of you. Their interest, you pay them as their profit. Um, so you're spending their money. I think it's bad, and I don't think they should allow people to have credit lines as high as they do. There should be some regulation on that. But I also don't feel bad when people run up a huge credit card bill and they don't pay it off. It's like, what did you think was going to happen? Mm -hmm. You're just not going to pay the money? So um, that's why I like, like I said, charge cards are good for me because they don't have a limit, so they don't like show you like where you can be. You just spend what you need. Um, and then you have to pay it back at the end of the month. And if you don't pay it back after two months, they just shut it off and you can't use it until you pay it. So I just like, I like that option better. You still get punished for not paying your money back, but you just can't continuously dig yourself into a hole. And that's where I think the student loan credit card story has a little bit of validity. Yeah. Freddie Mac reported mortgage serious delinquency rate dropped this last month in September a lot of the people that were thinking there's going to be some wave of foreclosures and massive amounts of distress. Again, this is the data that is really telling the true picture of what types of distress or downsides we're really seeing in the market. And I think, I don't want to say, I mean, it's going to be a soft landing, but I mean, it feels like things are settling in a pretty healthy way right now. Yeah. I mean, especially right now, equity just hit a record high, 300,000 on average per homeowner. Yeah. So mortgage homeowners saw... I was going to say like 170, it's 300,000. Mortgage homeowners saw a collective equity increase... What's up, Anthony? ...of $3.6 annually in the second quarter of 2022, according to CoreLogic. The average borrower now sits on around... $300,000 in home equity, the highest amount on record ever. That's quite a bit. I mean, you want to talk about the ultimate safety net for the real estate market in the U.S. as a whole. Equity buffers, yeah. It's, it's almost like when you buy a stock at $5 and it's worth 100 and it goes down to 70 Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're down temporarily, but you're up, 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 up. 100%. So that's going to be the ultimate safety net for the real estate housing market is that one statistic right there. $300,000 on average per homeowner who has a loan tracked by CoreLogic, 
if something happens, if they lose their job, if, you know, they can't pay a bill, if their car breaks down, like worst, worst, worst case scenario is not that you're going to see all of these houses go into foreclosure. You're, you're sitting on a massive buffer of equity that is ultimately going to continue to insulate the overall housing market across the, uh, the U.S. Yeah. So that's something that's just different than 2008. And there's so many people, what if the market, you know, unemployment spikes? And I think, what did they predict? They, uh, at least Fitch predicted 5. in 2024 at a max of what, 5.4, 5. 4, yeah. which again, like, yeah, not good, but not like drastic yeah. levels. Been there, of, done that. It's not that big of a deal. So I think I'm with you, man. I, th- I think, I think where we differ is how 2023, how we go into 2023. I think it's going to be a lot choppier. But you think it's going to be a little bit more smooth? I'll as definitely the Fed. know if they say that they're going to stop or they're going to cool off after the fifty. If they cool off, well, really, I 50, think it comes back to twenty, uh, the November second, right? Correct. Like that is that is where. We'll and then November eighth will also be big because we have a ton of elections. So that also is going to, get, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in November. So again, around that time, we'll know not only on the rate thing, which is eighty five, ninety percent of the story. Yeah, we can also get some, you know, how are people feeling based on how they're voting? Absolutely. So with that being said, guys, let us know what your thoughts are. Shoot us a text, 844-447-1555, scenario one or scenario two. Are we going to see the Fed pivot before the end of the year or at least the Fed pivot in November? Or are we going to see them basically say, hey, we don't feel comfortable saying anything about that yet. And ultimately, the market is going to respond in a positive or negative way based on the comments that come out November 2nd. says the word deflationary at all. That that's that's riding in the sky, right? Yes. We definitely want to connect with you at one of our events coming up in twenty. Well, we've got we our got one coming up on December December tenth event. Need to send it in, and we're about to lock it up so we can pick. The yeah, we haven't coming. opened up um, the applications yet, but uh, if you want to get first dibs on submitting your application, hanging out with us and 10 other amazing badass entrepreneurs, investors, business owners for a day in Napa Valley, text the word events to 844-447-1555. As mentioned earlier, if you haven't connected with Ryan and his team on the x-ray that they do, text that word x-ray to the same phone number. And if you're an accredited investor, you want to get on my uh, syndication and deals list, text the word deals to that same phone number as well. With that being said, guys, we'll see you in next week's episode. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your axe, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. 
And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. X-Ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. Mm -hmm.